You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Everybody, hey, yeah, baby, are you ready? Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Talk podcast presented by FeaturedX.com and Sound Talent Media. I am your host, Talk. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you go and smash the shit out of that subscribe button. Leave some reviews. Tell the world how this is the most screamo podcast you've ever listened to in your life and how I am a five-star man. Shout out to Liquid Death for sending me some delicious water. Do you like death? Do you drink liquids? Drink Liquid Death. Extra special shout out to AKG for sending me there. C214 condenser microphone. It's a great inexpensive mic to take your recordings to the next level. Paired with some awesome new K371 headphones. Your demos will sound much better. I think the show is starting to sound better. I also suck at mixing, but I'm trying. Hopefully Daniel will teach me some things on the road, which speaking of... Mother Tuckers, I am leaving for tour in two days. What the fuck? Um, this is super exciting. It's been a minute. The set list is stacked, and I can't wait to spin around like a dum-dum. If you didn't know, we will be running around the U.S. of A. September 9th through October 31st with August Burns Red playing Leveler, Era, and Like Moths to Flames. And it's also sick because Era and Like Moths to Flames also have new records they haven't played. We have a record we haven't played, and it's going to be fucking sick. If you like Metalcore... You will be there. If you're not, you're a liar and you're uh, softer than a donut, you stupid. Um, I'm going to be doing my best to keep up with the show while I am out on the road and hopefully interviewing quite a few people on these teams that I haven't spoken with yet. Uh, if you have any requests, holler at me, get talk to podcast at gmail.com. And I'll be starting with some episodes with the boys and maybe we'll be doing some video. Because I think it's about time. So Trevor's going to help me, and it's going to be great. Okay, this week we have Adam Chiotsky. I think I said it right. It's a tough last name, but he's a great man. woo He slams buckets for the band Gatherers and has a beautiful studio called Timber Studios in Bayonne, New Jersey. Gatherers is a band that I have been following for a long time. I'm a massive fan of the band and everything they've released a few years ago, I was lucky enough to bring them to Kingston, New York to play with Off-Road Minivan, and that's how I got to like formally meet Adam in person. Their last album, We Are Alive Beyond Repair, is one of the most massively underrated records of all time. The song, The Floorboards Are Breathing, I'll be playing that shit till the end of time. Seriously, it's flawless. As a Screamo super fan, this band is perfect. 
Um, if you like Touche stuff, if you like Thursday stuff, it's all there for you. Um, and alongside of that, Adam has a beautiful studio, like I said, named Timber Studios, and has producing bands for quite some time, and personally has become one of my favorites. I often talk to bands about the importance of picking the right producers or studio to take your band to the next level, and this is one of those places you should go to make better songs. Your songs are good. You combine them with someone like Adam, and they become great. The song I'll be playing in the mid-roll by Soulbind was also co-produced and co-mixed by him, and I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's a fucking heater of a track. Got some Alice in Chains shit going on. It's sick. Here we go. My chat with Adam of Gatherers and Timber Studios. We are rocking and rolling. I usually yell everybody's name, but I'm scared to yell yours because you're so <laughs> You're really hard. slow. Do it incredibly slow. I'll feed you. Adam Chiotsky. You, you sound like a tight end in football. <laughs> the least, yeah, especially right now with my fractured thumb. What'd you do? I was playing racquetball like an idiot. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I was, I mean, dude, just being in the studio all day, I was like, yo, I need to start exercising. And there's like a racquetball court over here. No one plays. So I'm like, let me pick this up and fuck around. And me and my assistant were playing it, dude. Literally, I was running after the ball. And that, you know, like from skating and shit, you know how to fall. Like you don't go out on your flat hands. And I had a racket in my hand. And literally, like I went and let go of the racket and my thumb just... So it's not like a terrible Gross. fracture, but it sucks. It's, yeah. it's kind of put me well, in as a drummer and, <laughs> and stuff. Plus, it's your right hand. Dominant hand. You know, it's not like you have to write anymore, so that's good. I can't. I had to like for thank you cards for getting mm-hmm. married. Writing's a fucking bitch, man. <laughs> Dude, like, like, you, it, I I write like I'm a four year old. Literally, like, I think I. For some reason, I like forget how I write, and I'm like, because at one point I was like writing in all capital letters, and at one point I was like writing more like bubbly, like in high school and shit. And yeah. it's like I have to like assess and decide what's appropriate for that situation. You know what I mean? If I'm like writing to someone, or if I'm like writing on like a government document, like I feel like I have to pick which type I have to write. Yeah, right. I don't know if they even teach script anymore either, which is weird. But I should know too. We're in person. This is awesome. I've only done this once before, and it was at my house, and it didn't sound great. But that's because I'm up. I just started like trying to learn recording mm-hmm. things this year because I had to because mm-hmm. I was locked in my house. Mm-hmm. Which luckily you got all these cool fucking toys and shit. You, got you the, get the to, goodies. Yeah, you can have stuff. have play things in here. Were you able to record this year um, with like using the vaccination process of bands, having them like get cleared and then just quarantine yeah. in the studio? Yeah, I mean, basically the issue was that at first when everything first happened, basically it was just an unknown thing. So I feel like at first people were a little bit hesitant to even like leave their cribs, obviously, you know, rightfully yeah. so. Um, and I, I think after people started getting tests, people started getting vaccinated and stuff, I think it, it became a little bit more, you know, people were a little more open to the idea. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I think at first, I guess, you know, a year and a half ago now or so, um, there were definitely a couple things where I like rescheduled stuff just out of caution. Um, and then, yeah, I think lately it's been a little bit more solid and consistent. And I, th- I think like, 
a big part of that is, you know, between vaccines and everything else. You know, everyone getting all that stuff sorted. It's been really good. Wait, hold yeah. on. What? Vaccines. You want to talk about vaccines? I do not want to. You're getting 5G in your dick. (laughs) Ain't going to work no more. Earth is flat. Giant redheaded alien people in hollow earth. Can we get that on a t-shirt? Yeah. And sell it I would love to, honestly. No, I've been preaching my own cool shit on this show because I want people to believe in (laughs) hollow earth and stuff. I was like, why not? It'd be cool as fuck. Like, imagine if I could get people to believe shit. That would just be cool. Like, become a cult leader or something. Yeah. What would I name my cult, though? Tuck Squad. Tuck Squad. Tuck Squad. Mother Tuckers. Um, you know, that would be pretty cool. But I'm glad that you were able to actually get people in here all year and stuff like that. I know mm-hmm. I stopped in at one point when you were working on the Ghost Chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, yeah, I think it was just yeah. a single, or was it an EP? We did, uh, we did three songs together. It was a lot of fun. Those guys are awesome. I mean, that was... Yeah. I think we were here for like three or four days. They came down and... Yeah, we've been talking about doing some more stuff together since then. It's been it's been really good. Very sick. Yeah, I've known those dudes for quite some time. Like Dan, I've seen him sing in a bunch of bands mm. over the years. The best one that everyone should look up is uh, this one that was called Bless the Fallen. <laughs> oh, my God. Just completely blast him. Yeah, of course, man. That's, the, you know, it's all in good fun. Like, I can't just talk about, like, you know, I have to <laughs> talk about the best shit. It's called Albright. That's it. Bless the Fallen Albright. It's got the sickest sick. double bass part in the you whole You have planet. to just insert it into yeah. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Two singers, one singer. One that, singer. That defines the era, I think. Yeah, it was Two sick. He had one singer. singer, and, like, they were hard as fuck, but they had, this was before, I don't know, like, this was maybe like what, like two thousand and five, two thousand four, and just the programmed mm-hmm. double the bass, <laughs> just no variation. It was crazy, Straight, just like yeah. a fucking typewriter. It was fuck, and it was the fastest shit you've oh, ever heard in your life. Where it's it's just like, like that person no cannot way. play that. There's no fucking chance. Yeah, it was great though. Great one liner, awesome song. They were like the, the first like heavy band in the area to be. Mm-hmm like popular and catch mm-hmm. some steam and stuff it was That's awesome but um yeah those guys are sick i love those guys yeah big i think fan. they just they played recently i think i think they, played like they two, went and played in albany or the albany area with uh this band called oakheart cool. and uh i think life itself played that show too a couple other bands. yeah i've heard of that band too life itself or maybe you showed me them or something mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah. i don't know Life is hard. It's hard to remember anything anymore because my brain has just been fried after this year, just sitting in my apartment. Looking for cribs. Dude, honestly, yeah, one of these days, maybe if I can go to fucking work for a while, I can get one, Um, which I I think is likely. I think Mm. a lot of people have been asking how they think shows are going to go this year Mm. with, like, Limp Biscuit wanting to play in rooms where you can't sit down or whatever Mm. and shit that's been happening. I think... The likelihood of some of the, um, like states, like say a Missouri or something like mm. that, are they going to necessarily shut down the same way that New York City is? Probably yeah. not. I think we'll have different restrictions Just depending on which city we go stuff. to. And at the end of the day, I give no fucks. I'm going to play wherever I'm allowed to play, and if the crowd is only supposed to be like you're allowed in if you're vaxxed, if you're allowed in regardless, whatever, that's cool. Like, hope you can come if you can't. Like, I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. But I'm excited to get back out. It's going to be pretty soon for us. So, Well, when's your your first announced tour? uh, It starts September 9th with August Burns Red, Era, and Like Moths to Flames. Um, That's awesome. 
Yeah, it's coming up really fucking soon. Uh, I actually get to go see Kirby tonight. Oh, yeah. Which, what's the day today that we're recording? It's uh, it's the 9th. Um, but we're we're going to work on some stuff. Oh, shit. I'm pretty Top excited. secret. Top secret. On the hush. Yeah, I should just, like, ruin my own shit. <laughs> you literally that, like, just I, spill the yeah, beans on everything. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Like, why not? I feel like any information that i hear what i should say gossip you know mm. i should share because tmz vibes. and it would be yeah it would be better if it was fake shit too mm. you know what i mean like you know that um like, for king's getting a second basis ryan, two bases yeah on ryan stage. kirby has six toes on one of his feet you gotta um, which that would be pretty cool i wonder if you could jump better if you did but <laughs> before we talk more recording stuff i want to kind of dive into gatherers a bit because that's definitely how we initially met in the first place because sure. firstly i was a fan i like oh your fucking band God. and then you came and rocked a gig with me in, in upstate fun. new york which was, was very awesome. fun but when i first saw your band you guys had a different vocalist it was mm. in the loft in poughkeepsie oh my God, it was like 2013 very long time ago um, this is when i was in a band called visions and we would play the loft a lot and like I remember first seeing the band with him, and I've, you had also maybe a different guitar player with some French ass name or some shit. Yeah, we've had we've had a crazy lineup. I mean, it's it's, it's changed so much over the years, just in different incarnations of the band and stuff. Well, that's like what happens as you get older. Fitbit Kings the same way. We've had if you look at the Wikipedia, I think we've <laughs> just, had like ten plus members. Like a fucking or football something. roster. Yeah, I used to be six three and have a full head of hair. It was pretty cool. Things change, but now I'm not. But um, yeah, it's it's fine. Like I've been thinking about wigs and stuff. Like I'm gonna glue them on when I tour. I think it's gonna be really a cool. Nice, a nice mohawk. Um, but yeah, like I remember you guys had that time period. Jeff had like been a big fan. Who's uh, my business partner, Jeff Menig, who also booked the shows um, in the loft, Jeff and, is the and he had talked about your band all the time. And then you guys kind of reemerged with Rich, is his name? Yeah, yeah. I believe again. Rich, yeah. yeah, and. Got signed to Equal Vision and got things moving. I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah. this is yeah. sick." Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy process. I mean, we basically the 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 first version of the band was. I mean, I was in college. Um, one of Where'd my buddies was. Uh, I went to Bloomfield College. Okay. Yeah, I, I went for I went for audio engineering stuff. I mean, it was it was kind of a thing where I was already making records and stuff before I went in, and I was hoping to kind of build off of that. And it was just kind of, I didn't. I don't think I gained as much except for just kind of the. I guess the structure of just being in school and having to do shit at a certain time and just kind of yeah. in that aspect of it. But um, yeah, I went there and then I met my guitar player or original guitar player, Justin there. Um, and my buddy Austin, who uh, I was like friends with for years and years prior. Um, I started giving guitar lessons and we were like, Oh, let's just start a band. We were listening to like pianos and touche at the time. Oh, sick. And we just like slowly pieced together this kind of like, Project that, because I was in another band called Gunner Bravado, which was like Dance Gavin Dance-esque, just like techie guitar stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, all, that, all that shit, yeah. And, and originally, that whole lineup was with the current gatherer singer, Rich, as well. So it was oh. just like this weird like mesh of just like members of bands that we were friends with and this and that. So like Dan from Gates originally was in that band as well. Ooh, and then our good. singer, yeah, and then our singer... Uh, our original singer from Gatherers, Christian, was the bass player for that band, and then I played guitar in that band. It was it was like just kind of a, a mix of a lot of peeps that you know we grew up with and shit. But um, basically, Gatherers formed out of that sucks out to have to that. be provided and like be around so much talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that must it's suck the, worst, the ass. You know, yeah, you make it. bands with people that are good at stuff. Just switch instruments mid set. 
Dude, every decent, band member decent. I've <laughs> ever played with other than me was awful. Yeah, no, I'm just... Usual. No. That's the usual. No, yeah. so we ended up... Uh, yeah, so that band formed out of that kind of... We kind of broken at Bravado up and we were like, oh, we're like into this kind of music. Let's just kind of take a crack at it. My buddy Austin was going to go away to the Navy. Uh, so we were like, let's just write an EP, play a couple shows and just fuck around and see what happens. And, and basically... Long story short, he ended up not going to the Navy for reasons we can't discuss, and he uh, smoked way too much, literally, yes. and and then he got his weed sister mode. pregnant. Yeah, weed mode, and then yeah, it basically ended up in a spot where we were like, okay, he's not going away, so we might as well just keep fucking around and just kind of see what happens with the band. And you know, now we're in a spot where different versions of the band have existed for you know almost ten years now. It's kind of nuts. Um, but yeah, that was that era of the band with Christian was until about 2013. I think like shortly after that Loft show was when uh, was when Christian left, and then we were kind of in a spot where like we had some new music written and we kind of headed in a different direction with it. Um, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do, and you know we we couldn't find a singer that really fit the context that we were trying to do. As most fucking people, I'm sure, have struggled with that. Yeah. Um, so. After a while, me and Rich actually weren't really on speaking terms at one point. We had like a huge falling oh, out. Shit. Yeah, drama vibes. But yeah, so we ended up kind of, I was just like, fuck it. Like Rich would be perfect for this. I haven't talked to him in years. Let me reach out to him and just kind of see where we're at and see if that would be a cool thing. And I had off him like, yo, you trying to sing in this band? I sent him the demos. He's like, hell yeah. And then we just kind of reconnected after like three or four years of not being on speaking terms at all. That's sick. Um, and then that was in 2014, uh, <laughs> which is when we started demoing the stuff for our album, Quiet World. Uh, that came out in 2015. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was, what's up? It's got pretty artwork. It's got a, a nice little firework. I like it. Oh. <laughs> 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 like, displayed proudly. It's on, it's on, the, it's it's on, on the, the wall. It is here. Um, we, uh, yeah, so then that was, uh, we started doing demos for that record, um, and then I sent them to EVR and started talking to Dan and built that relationship and, uh, yeah, and then that uh, that album ended up coming out on Equal Vision in 2015. Have you recorded both records? Uh, so that record I did record. Um, that one I recorded, and then uh, Brad Wood actually mixed. Uh, Brad Wood's done like Touche, Me Without You, tons of cool records. Uh, he's out in Cali. Uh, so he mixed that record, uh, and I forgot. Uh, uh, actually, Joe Laporta mastered the record at Sterling Sound. Um, so that was me tracking, Brad mixing, and then Joe mastering, and then... Um, yeah, and then the other records were uh, different. That, uh, Where Live Beyond Repair, um, we tracked with Mike Watts um, on Long Island, and yep. he mixed, and you've worked with Mike. Yes. <coughs> and uh, That room is crazy. Yeah, that, that drum room is Drum wild. room is yeah. Yeah, absolutely wild. Yeah, so much fun. Yeah, we, we did that record there. Uh, had that mastered by Mike Kalasian, the homie, another mutual homie. Hate that guy. Fuck that guy. Real bad at his job. Absolutely. Can't ride a bike his, his for 6K shit. His 6K sucks. Yeah, his he's 6K. not even, like, the thing about Mike Kalasian is, like, he can't even ride bikes. Does he go fast? I don't know if he even He can. rides far. He, he rides far, like, he's but one not of the, fast. I don't know if it's fast. I just always see the thing. He's like, yeah, I rode my bike for, like, 500 <laughs> miles today. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, And then mastered hit records. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Back yeah, he... He's dummy good at his job. Everyone that asks me like about mastering, I'm pretty much like, you know, Mike's Mike's the guy. Absolutely. He's I've got. Learned, I've learned a ton down. from Mike. He's he's awesome. He's been, um, he's been really cool. Yeah, smart fella, fart smeller. <laughs> no, he used to. Uh, he used to record my old bands back in the day, 
He's also an uh, insane. It's funny because like he mentioned, like, oh, drummer. I used to play drums. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I wonder like if he was good. And I, he's like, I posted a video. I haven't played drums like seven years. Rips. Yep. I'm like, geez. He played in a band called Safe as Houses mm. back in the day. And this classic band, 2009 another one, find them on fucking YouTube. Safe as Houses. Loved the name. Mm. Loved the band. Hits for days. Dummy good. Um, but he was on one of the early Rise Records bands too. I forget um, what they were called. But Mike's a beast. Yeah, good guy. Like him. Yeah. yeah, good fella. But uh, fuck him. We're not here to talk about him. But Rogue Planet Mastering, if you are interested, after what I just said. But um, yeah, um, We Are Alive Beyond Repair has definitely been something that I've listened to uh, a considerable amount. I think one of Thanks, the, the like special moments on the record, which is obviously one of the really like popular songs, but the Four Birds Are Breathing, mm. the bass line. Mm. Who wrote the bass line? It's Matt. No, it's my cousin Matt, man. He's, oh, he's a beast. He's a great filthy, bass player. Filthy, filthy, yeah. filthy. Because it's great when a song can be advanced that much by something that generally people will be like, well, you'll just like follow the rhythm. Yeah, 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 you know for sure. I mean? Yeah, I, I think that, that that was definitely like a uh, a selling point of the band for, for the most part was just Matt and just, I mean, all of us just kind of doing whatever the fuck we want. You know, How it's do kind you of right. What's the uh, process like? Well, so when Matt was in the band, so Matt's no longer in the band. Um, the lineup for that record was basically our current lineup minus Matt. Um, so when Matt was in the band, I mean, pretty much from the conception of Gathers, we've always, besides our newest record, which we can talk about later, but um, prior to that, basically everything we'd ever done, we've only written when we were in the room together. At it's least the majority sick. of us. Um, Jealous. It's it, it's a it's a fucking awesome process. I mean, prior to that, you know, we would like bring riffs to the table here and there. But um, when we actually started writing for Gathers, it was a thing where like we're all going to be in the room. We're all going to just kind of stem ideas from you know from nothing. Uh, and that's uh, that was my for goal better or for worse. Band, and then it didn't happen. All for better or for worse, you know. I mean, some songs like like you know, listening back now, I think some stuff sounds a little disconnected, and some stuff feels like if we had done a little bit more shaping prior to bringing it to a practice, I think it would have come out different but yeah. you know it's not necessarily better I, I think all the stuff that we've written exists in the way that it does because of how it was written and i think that that's a that's a really cool and special thing um but yeah so uh, that song i think i was just like fucking around with that beat and then matt just started playing and it was just like oh that's awesome and then we kind of just stemmed off of that yeah um, a, a lot of this stuff <laughs> see people forget about bass players man as a bass player i shit on them all the time too because most of y'all are useless as fuck. Like, you know, you don't even try to write songs or like, you know, like contribute to the band. You're just some schlub that like occasionally drives the van or whatever. And like, honestly, like, if you're a bass player and you feel like I'm attacking you, you step should feel up. bad about step yourself. Step it up. And step That's it up, it. you stupid bitch. I think. But, yeah, I, I think. I think there's like there's something to be said for like hooks exist and not only really hooks but just memorable things existing on instruments other than the instruments they'd normally exist on you know i, yeah. I think like you know you think of like certain like synth lines or certain like lead lines being like something you remember from a song like there's no reason that something unconventional can't be the like magic thing for that song you know i mean you hear fucking that fallout boy drum beat and it's like oh that's that's the song yeah. you know and just like with anything else like you hear something that might not necessarily be considered like a hook or anything melodic but it just becomes iconic for that genre for that song and, and that kind of stuff and i think like we've always existed in that in that headspace and trying to build that out yeah that's pretty tight i'm jealous i remember when we played that kingston show i like mm. went up to the bass player and i was like dude that's fucking thing. And he was like, i wasn't on the record he was like cool man you still get to play it that's sick. Like, <laughs> i forgot who the fuck was playing 
for that show? He was from another some, band. Um, was, was he a tall dude? Yeah, a tall, slender S- fella. Might have been Zach. Yeah, I think that might have that been our buddy Zach. That was cool. Was it sounded great. Yeah. Rich is also very um, underrated. Rich lyricist. is a great vocalist. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's insane. I, I think incredible like, vocalist and just his lyrics are they cut, man. It's yeah. so good. He's a, he's a he's a dark motherfucker. Because <laughs> you guys play in that world where like you're not just a touche style band. You also could play with a band like Thursday really well mm-hmm. or stuff that's more in the screamo world yeah yeah Um, Yeah, i mean i I think when we initially started the band we were very stoked about you know the bands that we were excited about at the moment you know we were like we love pianos we love touche like it was it was was a very i have a piano hell yeah yeah Yeah, i I mean a a, a lot of the time like i think you pull from your og influences on your you know on your primary instrument you know like when i play guitar like i pull from stuff that i feel like i grew up on and I've, i've always loved so it's like when I started, because pl- I started playing drums to play in gathers, like we didn't, we couldn't find a drummer. Oh, so I was you like, played guitar first. I'm a good, I've been playing guitar for like 22 years, 21 years now. God so, damn like, it, Adam. I, it was, You're such a piece was, of shit, dude. That's oh not fair. God. That's really like, it's encouraging for people out there, honestly, because yeah, I wouldn't have known that. You're real good at the drums. Yes, thanks. Bro. I was just talking yeah. to Evan on the phone on my mm-hmm. way here, and he's just like, yeah, I'm so fucking, I was like, yeah, I'm so good. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, I mean, it's one of those things where we, I've always been a guitar player. I've played guitar my whole life. I started playing when I was eight. I'm 30 now. So I've been playing forever, and I was like teaching guitar for a little bit, and it was always, it was always like my, you know, that was what I leaned on. That's what I listened to when I listened to music. It was awesome. Um and then we couldn't find a drummer. And I was like, this is getting fucking frustrating. Yeah. And I was already kind of making records at the time. And I was like, yo, I feel like if I could just lock myself in my studio for a couple hours a day with a metronome, like I could become like the session musician that I want to be and, and become a good drummer, you know? So like in 2011, when we were going to start this band, it was a thing where like we were trying to figure out the lineup and I was playing guitar and I was like, I guess I'll fucking play drums and just learn D beats and, you know, learn crazy yeah. Tom beats and shit like that and try to figure out that aspect of it. And uh, we basically uh, started practicing. And so Matt, who was the, so originally my cousin Matt that played bass and gatherers, mm-hmm. um, he was also a guitar player. So we both shifted instruments and he played bass and I played drums. So I think because of that and us being so new to both of those instruments, it kind of allowed for us to like grow and figure out our footing in those different things and not necessarily, you know, lean on being derivative in some way because we were literally just trying to get our chops to a point where we could even like be in the band, you know? Yeah. So like, I think that's why like a lot of where I was coming from was like, you know, like I think very like hip hoppy when I think of drums. So like a lot of the stuff on those records, like the earlier gathers records, it's like fast D beat shit, blasty stuff. And then like literally like a hip hop drum beat. And like, you would never think of it out of yeah. context, but it's, it's, it's just super weird. And, uh, and like Matt also like coming from being a guitar player, like he's the kind of dude that would always just shred and stuff. So he's not one to just like sit there and play root notes on bass. Like he's, you know, he also loves glass jaw and stuff like that. So just going absolute ham on bass. That kind of created tone. Insane. And so like that, that opened up that whole world of stuff, I think for us. And and that's kind of where the originality, I guess, to a degree came from for, for our stuff and moving forward with the band. And yeah. So like to your points, you know, mentioning stuff like playing with bands like Thursday and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Like I think, because now we're at a point where you know I've been playing drums for ten or eleven years now, and everyone else in the band has been in the band for a couple of years. I think we're now coming from a more authentic and genuine place, and not thinking. And, it, and I think that that's where a lot of our like fundamental influences come from between like Glassjaw and Thursday and Deftones and stuff like that. So yeah. I think that that's kind of the direction that the band 
has always tried to head in. And now with the current lineup and I guess just, you know, having the time to like dwell and build our sound out, I think that that's how it's kind of evolved into what it is, which is cool. Yeah, I wish I had a project that I could use the glass job bass tone in just to do it. Like off road minivan. Off road, I should honestly. Yeah, just make it mad. Just get fuzzy. a crazy fuzz pedal and go ham. I need, yeah, I need a, a screamo-y song. I've been working on how to screamo this year. It's yeah. hard as fuck, man. Just People, screaming, like literally. Screaming, yeah, yeah, like it's difficult, and like to do it and to do it well mm. and consistently, and not blow your voice oh, out. Yeah. And it's I don't know how people do it. I'll like I'll be in here recording an album and like do gang vocals and my like, oh, yeah. dude Dan's one of those guys where just Dan's when he beast. just walks up to the mic. Literally, blah, blah, blah. I was you know, like, with Dan. Fuck, I was like, man? holy! I, I I mean, a lot so of times consistent. people will lose their voice after a couple hours. Like I, I kind of know like based on how the person screams and you know their experience level and stuff like how long I can get out of them. And like Dan just went for fucking hours. I was like, holy shit. And like lost no tone. There wasn't a point where I'm like, yo, grab some tea or like take a break. And he just just banged through everything. Yeah, he's a professional. He's yeah. very, very good. I got to hear his old band now. Yeah, I'll show it to you when we're done. Honestly, I should just like play it, and put it right on in this it. and then make You'll it sound even up. worse. Oh and people God. be like, what the fuck, man? Just pitch it up. Um, <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks vibes. Jesus That'd be God. great. I would love to, honestly. Um so with you, you did note that you guys are are looking at putting out some new material. Mm-hmm. Um, is there ideas or discussions of any touring this year? You're gonna or maybe in you know the next year? Yeah, I mean we were supposed to do. Um, I think it's called ten thousand or thousand. Oh, that, 2000, that two thousand trees festival. Yeah, we're supposed to do that in the UK. Um, we were originally supposed to do it in twenty. 19 and then it was or sorry 2020 and then it was supposed to happen again this year and got postponed again and um you know i'm not not sure what the scoop is for next year if they're you know trying to have the same lineup because i I know at at one point there was there was a point where a lot of the venues and stuff were just trying to move everything over a year once once things would would kind of get back to you know normal but uh yeah, I, I think with, with touring stuff, we were in a spot where we were talking about doing a bunch of stuff and then hesitated because of COVID stuff and then had some other plans and had some stuff fall through. So we were kind of in a spot where for a good chunk of the past year or so, like we were kind of just making a game plan, finishing the album, just kind of getting all our ducks in a row so that when things became a little more certain, we could just kind of you know hit the ground running. Yeah. Um, we were planning to go uh, overseas, uh, I think in April or May um, for like a month and a half or, or a month or so. Um, which is obviously up in the air still between between everything that's going on. But um, yeah, hopefully it happens. I'd, I'd love to. I mean, I, I think yeah. like for me, it's always been a thing where I'm, you know, typically on the road for like a month or a month and a half and then I'm in the studio for two or three months. So that like that split of basically vacation and then being cooped up in the studio and working on records, it's like I needed that balance to kind of put me in a spot where, you know, if you know, I'm grinding, grinding, grinding on records, I get to just chill in the van and hang out with the homies and, and play yeah. and, and relax. And like, I haven't had that in like, I guess over a year now. So it's just yeah. like, I need that to a degree to fucking, you know, to have some sanity, you know, I, I need that playing out. I need that hanging with homies. I need that fucking just traveling and, and just seeing new places and shit, you know? Um, I think that that's been a really t- a tough thing, but yeah, hopefully it happens soon. Hopefully we're in a spot where we can start traveling again. I'm like trying to brother. hike with the squad. Yeah, dude. That's what I'm like, you know, even with, I know we 
have some like rules that we're all gonna follow when we're on the mm-hmm. road to make uh, exposure like minimal. For and, sure, for sure. Which like with fans and stuff like that, we're not gonna go um, hang out, you know, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which we generally do. Uh, but I think everyone understands that yeah, at this point. And then you know, to myself, I'm like, what do you think? It's like a burden to have to mm-hmm. just hang out with you guys, mm-hmm. like in, in yeah. a bandwagon for two yeah, months. For like, sure. absolutely not. No, it's awesome. Really. I love you. I miss you. Really. And. It's great. I'm I'm so excited to get to do it. But like I'm sure you guys I saw speaking of the English festival, um Architects in Loathe are coming over, I believe, in the fall. That's awesome. Or like September time, something like that. So if they can get over here, hopefully at some point bands can get back over there. For sure. I know we're yeah, like I know it was to tough to navigate between different restrictions between traveling between different countries and stuff too, because that was a whole yeah. thing too. So I can imagine that being complicated. No, not knowing where you can go, not knowing, you know, how long you had to quarantine in different places. My buddy Sam Guyana that uh I mean he makes records in Canada. You know Sam? I don't think yeah, so. Sam, Sam, Sam did like the Silver Scene record. He's done a couple of really cool Ooh. records. Um, Sam apparently went to uh, Australia to do a record, and he had to quarantine for two weeks before they even started the process. So it was just nuts. He was just in a hotel room for like two weeks. He mentioned to me, I was just like, holy shit. Um, and then he did the record, and then I think he had to come home and quarantine after that as well. So it's just tough. That is rough. Don't know how don't I Don't stay do out of that. four seasons for yeah. that fucking... <laughs> Those yeah, two weeks. I don't know that. I even though it's a hotel, like I think I'd get so fucking bored. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. But um, I guess it's worth it if you're doing. Because like, he can mix on his headphones and shit too on his laptop. Yeah, so he can do some, some shit. Nah, I'd be scratching at the walls, losing my shit. <laughs> Just doing um, base flips and shit, jumping on the bed. <laughs> maybe, honestly. That'd be pretty cool. I got to be practicing somehow. Yeah. If it's funny when it, we went back and played a couple shows, I had like. Arch support braces, ankle braces, mm. knee braces, all <laughs> knee pads, like, helmet. Yeah, like I'm like shit. fucking Robo Man up there. I'm like, Jeez. all right, I know this was really only like a year and a half, yeah, but yeah. I feel like I aged about ten. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's see. At some I, I, point, I'll probably do, the beard off, so I feel young again. I, I had to do. Um, I, I was doing some session drumming for for a buddy of mine, and like I hadn't played in a while. And he was like, yeah, there's a couple double bass posts. I'm like, I'll be fine. <laughs> I just did like one pass of the song. I was just like heaving sweating i was like holy shit like you know you think you've got it but you know not doing something that you do so consistently for for a while it sucks it's it's wild it's wild how out of shape you can get how quick oh yeah even like you know i tried you know this year to still go to the gym a lot but nothing compares to playing a show or like having that kind Mm -hmm. of energy where you know we started playing three songs in I'm like, oh, oh fuck, fuck. I fucked up, man. <laughs> I need to chill the I went fuck so out. Yeah. I went so quick, I'm about to die. Yeah. I still got eight songs left. Yeah. Like, fuck. It's so funny. But it worked out. I yeah. didn't die. I think when I first started cool. playing drums live and stuff, too, like, I think... I my vision of like a drummer playing live is I'm just going fucking nuts. Yeah. And in reality, it's like, yeah, for certain things and you know, for for you know, spots that need that like oh shit factor. But like I think I was just overcompensating and hitting so fucking hard all the time and just like trying to look like I'm going nuts the whole time that like after a song I'd be fucking fried and I just right it's it's such a weird thing and and you you catch yourself doing it and you like can't stop because you're just in the moment you're thinking about it you're stoked you know and like now I'm like okay you need to like give 90% the whole time you know just so you can make it through at one point I was I was filling in for this band Bent Knee um, who are like insane incredible musicians Um, I was we were on tour together um, Gatherers and Bent Knee on a two month tour um, throughout the states and uh, 
basically the drummer uh, for Bent Knee walked off stage and I think broke he broke his leg. I'm not sure exactly how, but uh, yeah, like tibia, fibula, like everything, like yeah, rough. So Gavin, the the, the king, um, yeah, he got really badly injured, and uh, so we were uh, in California uh, trying to figure out what the band was going to do as as far as the, the shows because we were halfway into the tour, exactly halfway through, so we had a month left. Um, and so Billy from Dillinger, who uh, is a friend of uh, our guitarist Anthony and a friend of ours, obviously. Yeah. Uh, at the time was over there and he knew the Bentney homies and, and knew us. So um, Bentney asked if he would fill in for a song and I would fill in for another song um, at one of the shows. And Gavin was going to actually play most of the set with his left foot, which is fucking nuts. And I was like, there's no way. And we got there and he was doing, he was sound checking and I was like, it literally sounds the same. Like he's an absolute monster. Um, but That's so crazy. we ended up, yeah. So we ended up playing the show. Close the um, hi hat and go. For yeah, it, right? just go, just clo- hold it with your hand. Yeah. Uh, and so Gavin played like seven or eight songs. I went up, played a song, and then Billy played a song. And it was awesome. It was just such a such a good time and um, really special. It was, it was really cool. And after the show, we were talking about options and stuff. And 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 I, I was reached out to by them. I was like, hey, like, would you be down to film for the, so the tour? Like, you know, the song we did together really went really well. It would be awesome to to just have you play. And and so uh, we started off. Um, basically doing like three or four songs and then eventually me learning more and more of their set. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, uh, like, like I mentioned, I just started playing drums to play and gather. So like, I'm just an idiot post hardcore drummer. And this band yeah. is like insane radiohead esque mathy, like just oh, no. pro- it, it's insane. So like, it was a world that I was completely, not completely unfamiliar with because I knew their songs to a degree, but not, you know, as a drummer and, and within the bounds of doing these little nuances and on drums and, and all these different things that were completely outside of my playing at the time. Uh, but just from learning the songs and stuff, I feel like I learned more as a drummer in that month than I did in like, you know, 10 years leading up to it. So yeah. it was super cool. It was, it was, it was a ton of fun, but uh, you know, w- one thing to be said about just being exhausted, like we ended up, I was playing two sets at the time. I think we were playing like seven or eight songs with Bentney and I was playing about the same <laughs> with gathers. Um, we played in Denver and with the elevation, yeah. <laughs> like didn't think about it. No, we it's like, a real thing. It's wild. <laughs> we ended up, we ended up, uh, we sound checked and like halfway through the first song, I was like, holy shit. Like I'm winded. I like can't move. It's fucking wild. It is time for the man. Sure. Do you want to work with your favorite artist? Maybe a vocalist for a sick feature like Jay Webster from Unity TX, Shane Told from Silverstein, or maybe Telly from The Word Alive. Do you want Ryan Crimby from Fit for the Kings? You can do it. Need some extra shred on that song that you've been writing? Maybe you want Nick Nocturnal from Termina or Dan Sugarman from Ice Nine Kills or Lee from Born of Osiris. You could also have Bobby or Daniel from Fit for the Kings. Oh my goodness. Maybe you're looking for live or mini drums to complete that record that you've been working on. Maybe you want someone like Tanner Wayne from In Flames or Austin Archie from Lorna Shore or the Big Beefcake Jarvis from Fit for the Kings. Wow, everybody's there. Oh my goodness. And we have Adam. So you can work with him as well. Plus, he has the sickest fucking studio. You can go now to FeatureDex.com and share your music with some of the best in the scene. It takes just a few minutes, and you may get to collaborate with your favorite artist. We also have now added graphic designers, photographers, and videographers. You can find someone great in your region to work with or have your merch designed by some of the best. Go now to FeatureDex.com and create the ultimate song. Do it now! All right, Mother Tuckers, this week's mid-roll mosh is Third Chain by Soulblind. Um, hopefully I'll have them on as a guest soon. I have requested Justin's presence, so we will see. Soul Blind is the sickest up and coming band from the Hudson Valley, which 
Um, most of you have heard on the show once or twice. That's where I grew up in upstate New York. I've known Finn and Justin for the better part of a decade, and watching their bands when they were younger and now seeing the fruits of their labor is pretty special. Um, they've always been incredibly talented. They've always been in awesome projects, but Soulbind is just so fucking good. Um, they announced this week that they signed with Other People Records. Other People Records is owned and operated by Tom Williams from Stray From The Path and Jesse from Stick To Your Guns, which is super cool. They've built out an awesome team, and I'm just super happy for them and excited to see what the future will hold for this band because I really do love... Uh, their sound and, and them as people. They're incredible, and I wish nothing yeah, nothing but the best for them. So here we go, Third Chain by Soulbond. <laughs> shit and then you're just like holy fuck yeah That's it's wild. awful i uh i've been there once or twice my i mean i've played denver a lot mm -hmm. but 
when I first started going, it definitely affected me a lot. Mm-hmm. Now I try to be more conscious yeah. about it. Go when for I'm a playing. run prior to acclimate yeah. a little bit and shit. Yeah. You know, walk around for a bit and then just as I'm playing, I'll, that's one of those places I'll gradually Ease into speed it. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know, only only seven guitar, <laughs> only only seven bass spins. Yeah, seven. you know, keep Respect. it to a minimum. Respect. You know, not climb too much shit. But that's uh, I'm excited to like get my shit back together. It's definitely hard. Mm-hmm. Like. I did better than I expected, mm-hmm. but after uh, you know, not spinning your guitar around for a year yeah. and a half while playing, Lose it a little definitely, bit. you know, because I just sat down and played so much this yeah, year, for sure. where it just takes you out of that rhythm a little bit, yeah. you know. But it's the same as dancing; like once you do it this a lot, you get it down. Just gotta it's go like, ham. It's yeah, right. it's like muscle. What well, all my stuff is pretty choreographed to some extent, actually. Mm-hmm. Like where you have a game plan of when to go ham. Yeah, like you know, and movements are generally pretty similar, and timings are the mm-hmm. same and stuff. So because even like where there's those big you know cheesy breakdowns we do, um, <laughs> where it's like super doom and then. Yep. and silent you know and i'm spinning yeah. around and people are like oh did not make the noise <laughs> you know, i know how that happens it's a gate yeah, well uh daniel will have with our campers he made it in the volume mute to those so mutes. it mutes at That's that awesome. time so i'll so be you can just go I absolutely can fucking crazy. and then yeah because i've had people ask like are you really playing are you what are you doing i'm like one my band plays like eight notes bro you like, zoom in, there's no strings on your bass. Yeah, <laughs> it's just gonna put no strings on the bass. You're not holding a pick. Yeah. Oh my God. No, that would be sick, honestly. I think that's the new move. Yo, I heard about some other bands that maybe uh, people ain't playing shit. How about I drop some of that on them right now? But no, nah, I'm not Lambo, here to blast Lambo. anybody. I ain't no fucking rat. Um, yeah, that would be crazy, you know. I would like to do that someday. I I love hearing terrible gossip and then mm. not spreading it. Mm. You know, I, it fills my soul. Um, you hold the power. But last thing for gathers, really, um, new record. Yeah. So um, we were in a spot where we were kind of dabbling with different ideas and stuff, and trying to delve into new ways of writing and, and experimenting with different things that we we hadn't with prior. Um, our bass player Matt. Um, who's no longer in the band at the start of the recording process, basically put us in a spot where, um, you know, the original way, like I mentioned, of, of him and I stepping into a room and just and just jamming just kind of wasn't a thing anymore. We were in the middle of trying to find a new bassist and trying to sort that whole realm of stuff. Um, so it, it was definitely a little bit odd at first to kind of find our footing with what was going to make sense. Um, basically, a lot of the record was written, Rich crudely plays acoustic guitar. Better than better than he thinks he does. Um, but so Rich, yeah. Rich at one point, you know, we were like, we want to cater, you know, we love Rich as a vocalist. We think he's incredible. We want to, you know, make sure that he is, in, to a degree, the star of the show. Like we want him yeah. to be the focus. We want him to be, you know, what kind of dictates the songs and, and, and what kind of allows his vision to speak for stuff. So we left a lot of it up to him to kind of just, you know, grab an acoustic guitar, figure out some chords and sort stuff on his end. To do it. Yeah. And you know, like for our kind of band, it might not have been something that made sense prior in the past, but with our new stuff, you know, once people hear it, I think it'll, it'll, it'll come through a little bit more that that was how we did it. Um, and yeah, I think just coming from a more traditional sense of doing things, you know, it's like there's a reason why people write that way, and there's a reason how why all my songs tried are. and true, yeah. yeah so even like if it's a song I write for fit, like mm-hmm. generally that's how um, 
you know, I'll always start with something and show it to Bob yeah. or, you know, all the songs I write for Off-Road all start that mm-hmm. way where it's just, for sure. this is the house of the song. This sounds is the course, this is the foundation. Yeah, you know, it's sure. one of those things where obviously when it comes to metal, a lot of this doesn't have to relate. But in general, like even when you think about a band like Metallica, if you hear those songs on acoustic, mm-hmm. they still sound fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you should generally have that idea with your song where it needs to have some sort of like functionality with sure. people. Even and, stripped down. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think at the end of the day, like if you can't strip your song down to just a vocal and an acoustic, obviously, you know, genre limiting, but you know, I, I think a really good song can be stripped down to just the vocal and just an acoustic and, and it should still exist and work just as well as it does full band. You know, obviously yeah. there's, you know, tons of factors, but I think that that's a super important part If the fa- if the foundation of the song isn't compelling, then it's going to be tough for, you know, you could stack, you know, you put icing and 700 sprinkles on it, but in reality, the, the, the core of it isn't, you know, special, which I think, we tried really hard to, to do that with the new record. And, uh, you know, our, our guitar player, Anthony, is super chaotic, listens to botch and, like, crazy it's bands. Super so, good. Like, so He's like, got, isn't, isn't his guitar, like, a custom from, like, Ben Weinman or something like that? Uh, he, Someone I think really it was, cool made I'm it pretty sure it, it was, uh, I think it was, um, was it Kurt Blue? Cave and Canary, I think, is the company. Yeah. Or something like that. I think it was, um, I think it was the homie from from Deer Hunter. I think made it. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was Casey. Yeah. Casey's, yeah. That Casey's so incredible. cool. Yeah. Again. Um Great band too. Um, yeah. So he, he. Yeah. He. He plays. It was. So he actually sold that guitar to our now bassist Sadu. Um, but he, uh, he played at, uh, I think a bunch on the record. I, I think on the record, Anthony also had like a telly and then a couple other guitars that we played with. Um, that all, that all sound awesome. But yeah, I think Anthony brings the like odd factor, like the, yeah. the, like rich, rich kind of is like, this is a nice song. And then Anthony's like, it just goes ham and just writes some weird chords. And, and then I just kind of spaz on it and, and it turns into a, a gatherer song. But I think with, with the new record, a lot of it is, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably the best version of what we've been kind of setting out to do without the stuff that, you know, we wanted to kind of rid ourselves of, you know, I, I think a lot of times some stuff can sound disconnected in our older stuff and, and we're, we're obviously happy with it. We're obviously stoked that, you know, it exists in the way that it exists for the reasons it exists. And, you know, I, I think now we're just in a spot where we've refined things a bit and, and I, th- I think with the new record it'll show, but yeah, I, I ended up uh, actually doing the whole record myself here um, I just I, I felt like I'm at a point where I was confident that I could see our vision through and make it sound exactly how I wanted to sound and you know take the time with the dudes and sit and do revisions and, and just basically keep it all in you know in in, in house and you know I, I think it's probably my favorite record that we've done for that reason partially but also because I just think the songs are compelling and I think uh, you know. I, I think it's one of those things where like anyone can listen to them and be like, "Okay, cool. These are these are good." You know, That's it's sick. it's not as much a thing where like, "Oh, why is he screaming so much?" Or like, yeah. "Oh, I don't get it. It's weird." You know, I, I think like with our older stuff, I think we we kind of split out bits and pieces of um, you know different different fan bases. I guess based on that to a degree. But with the new stuff, I think it's just like they're good songs. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, they're good songs. And if you like good songs, you might like it. You know. Yeah, no, I'm so That's excited cool to hear it, man. That's fucking awesome, and I'm glad that you guys were able to like try some new things with mm-hmm. it and like have a new approach. And yeah. I would expect you to do it at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? For I sure. think you've 
have so much experience recording yourself that mm-hmm. you know it makes sense at this point to be like, all right, I've let other people touch it. Now I want to yeah. just I want to touch it myself. I want to touch it myself. <laughs> so speaking of which, how did you like at what age did you start recording? And like, was it just because you were playing in a bunch of fucking bands in high school or something? And you're yeah. like, well, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because like so much of my life in music has just come out of necessity. You know, like I started playing drums, which is now I think my like fundamental element of, of the way I listen to music and the, what I think about, you know, like when you listen to songs, you, you probably listen to vocal stuff or you listen yeah. to bass stuff. Like for me now I pay attention to drums when in reality, like that was not the case. I'd never gave a fuck about drums prior. So like out of necessity that, and then, you know, when I was in bands, so like the way I started was, you know, just like a lot of people do, just out of necessity. Like we, you know, yeah. I was in bands and we needed demos and started doing demos, got a couple 57s and started dabbling around with stuff and eventually, uh, you know, started making things sound a little better and gained my footing with that stuff. And then my friend's band was like, oh, dude, those demos sound fire, dude. Let me, yeah. let, me let me pull up and then, you know. All right, 50 bucks a yeah, song. Literally, man, I was yeah. like, yo buy, yo, buy me pizza, come yeah. to my parents' basement, let's, you know, let's Sounds record great. a song, you know. It's and on it's, Audacity. It's, yeah. I'm on Audacity, I got a fucking M-Audio interface. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it was those things. I had a couple of mics and, and you know, eventually... You know, I could. You know, my guitar sounded like shit, and then I was like, okay, this is how I get guitar sound better. You know, this is how I get drums to sound better. And eventually, you know, it's you just develop just like with anything else. But uh, yeah, I started in my parents' basement in like 2010, 2011, um, just doing demos for my bands and then doing demos in exchange for pizza, and then yeah. doing an album for a hundred bucks and being like, oh fuck, dude, I'm getting paid to make records. This is so sick, you know. And then eventually, I was in a spot where I was like, I want to learn more about this, and and I uh, I went to school for it for a couple of years. Uh, while making records and it just felt like you know the, the curriculum just wasn't what I was looking for you know I think like so much of it is catered to like people making beats and, and doing electronic music and stuff and that's awesome you know if that's what you want to do that's absolutely. a good thing to learn but yeah you know if I my focus is like I want to record bands I want to make you know band songs better I want artists to you know thrive and, and be creative and, and you know when you're learning how to use reason or you know doing stuff like that to to make beats and stuff it's like that's not necessarily catering to what it is that i want to learn and how to further myself you're not in just stuff. trying to be like a songwriter yeah, yeah. Group you know it's, it's like I, I think it's to a degree there's an aspect of what i do that's very niche that you know i wanted help with developing but you know it really wasn't wasn't as applicable so i, I felt like you know going to school and stuff for it was cool but not necessarily you know i, I think i learned a ton more just doing it myself yeah. and just through, through trial and error and just working with bands and like so many others too. Yeah. yeah I for mean, sure. feel like that's just kind of how the story tends to go yeah. where it's like, yeah, I needed to fucking record my band yeah. and then, uh, I was okay at it. So mm-hmm. I did it yeah. more and, uh, now that's I make it. records. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a great thing. T- I love stories like these because especially when it comes to like learning that you were a guitar player first and then learn mm-hmm. drums out of necessity, like you stated, like, so many people hold themselves back from doing things just because they're like, well, I don't know how. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but you can. Like, yeah, you can learn. Sure. You just have to be able to be critical of yourself to some extent where you can note when you have to actually do something better. Of course. You know, yeah. if, I mean, as that, long that, as you're not huge... tone deaf where you're like, no, I want to go on American <laughs> Idol. And yeah. it's like, no, you're, yeah, just, you're bad. Yeah. Like, you know, I knew someone in high school that would audition for every solo mm-hmm in chorus and yeah. she was completely toned just had no, and no had gauge no of pitch, yeah. idea yeah. she had no idea it's tough yeah i mean i i think yeah. i think self-reflection and being critical of yourself and having control of how much you do that and how severely you do that i think is like such an incredible part of 
just being creative in general. You know, I, I think there are people that, you know, they get to a certain point and they're just like in their heads, like I'm done sick. Like yep. that, that's so bizarre to me because like every time I do anything, I always think like, how can I improve on that? How can I, you know, take this even further? Like, how can I make this more ridiculous? How can I, yeah. you know, and, and I think that that's, that's a skill set that, that separates people that, you know, kind of fall by the wayside and just don't, you know, don't really do much versus people that, you know, turn this into a living. I think just like with yeah. anything else, it's like you have to persevere and you have to have the awareness of when, you know, you have to step up your game and how to do that and how to find the resources to do that, how to find the energy to do that. You know, it's like there's times where, you know, I wake up, I'm like, oh, I don't want to fucking do shit. But, you know, I have a bunch of bands that are waiting on me for mixes that, you know, require my love and attention and you know i gotta go to the fucking gym give myself some energy you know go for a yep. run do whatever like do what i need to do to be my best self so that i can give bands their best selves you know and i think that that's a crucial part of what i do such a healthy way of looking at it too, yeah. man because it really is necessary when you are trying to give a band their best i think you can hear when a producer doesn't really give a shit where for like sure. it's cool if you just like bring in a band and you make the song exactly how they had pre-written it and yeah. stuff like that. And sometimes I think that that's necessary. And then there are times where a band should come in and you're like, this song is good, but if we do these things to it, this yeah. can be much better. Absolutely. And, and I, I think doing I, all those things, yeah, yeah. It gives you that, that healthy mindset. I, I think good producers and, and good creatives, I think are, are able to assess what roles they need to play in a situation. You know, if, if someone comes in and they have an incredible song and they don't need any feedback on that because I know that that's the best version of that song. I'm not going to go and start, let's move the fucking, I'm not going to go and try to mess with something that's not broken. You know, I might think, how can I improve on this? What can I do in other ways to enhance what it is they have? Yeah. You know, rather than trying to do something just for the sake of doing something and looking like I'm doing something, you know? And there's times where, you know, a band will come in and they'll have a bunch of really cool parts, but the structure just doesn't really work. And then it's my moment to be like, Hey, like, let's try this, you know, let me know what your thoughts are on this. Maybe let's try this for a variation of it. Let me bounce down a couple different versions of the song so that we can assess objectively and see what is the actual best version of this and what's going to, you know, be the best version of the song. Um, and so I, I think like my job is not necessarily to go in and do X, Y, and Z every single time. It's more so my job to go in and see what does this need objectively? Yeah. What does this need? And then fill the void of whatever the project needs. You know, maybe they need, maybe they don't have a drummer. I have to play drums on the record. Maybe they aren't great with writing leads. Cool. I'll write some leads on the record. If, you know, oh, I, I really, I, I love, you know, my melodies here, but I, I, I want some harmonies. I, I'm not really good with harmonies. Okay, cool. My job to help you with harmonies. You know, it's like you yeah. just fill whatever the void in the project is, not just try to insert yourself into every single bit of it. Because then that's just, you know, that's just being controlling. And that's, that's not what are at least my interpretation of what my job is, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think that's a smart way of going about it. Like, I think no matter what, like you can listen to a project and, and the producer could be like, yeah, I think I got this exactly mm -hmm. the way that I think it should be and help sure. them to advance it. And then I could listen to it and be like, nah, man, I think you missed yeah. it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, well, that's, you know, to each their own for sure. Um, I wish I could do that too. Like, just mm -hmm. call producers after they put stuff out and be like, 
Hey, this is how you, you can improve. You know why I think you suck, bro? <laughs> Here's the thing. You missed this part and this part. Yeah, yeah. You could have made this course much honestly, more dope Honestly, part. if I had someone... Yo, <laughs> yo I'm going to start sending you everything I work on. You give me some feedback. No, honestly, like, like objectivity is great. You know, even if it's like completely ridiculous, sometimes there might be a fraction of something that is actually true and can actually help you in someone's, you know blatant ridiculous statement sometimes you know like yeah. oh like the fucking the vocals sound bad it's like what do you mean like like what is it? but maybe in reality like oh maybe this guy actually could use the touch more pitch correction like Dude, something like that something so middle a good example because yeah. that last single that they put out and has a they have a video out for on dream Bad. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna look up the title of that real quick the nothing worth definitely their yeah nothing yeah fire fire yeah it's definitely fire. their best song yeah. and it's like yeah okay this is sick like y'all doing the right thing mm -hmm. it's called nothing worth keeping mm -hmm. um which you can go watch the music video <laughs> for on dreambound <laughs> go to youtube right it sounds now. like a wizard channel um, like it sounds like yeah, like it's pretty cool. Shit. It should be some magic shit. I've been on my Yu-Gi-Oh shit real Jeez. hard lately. I got back in. Don't let I, me get my burn deck, bro. Dude. Oh, Nate, 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 Nate. Nate. <laughs> um, Yeah, like, honestly, I'm about to build this crazy, like, grandma, two fucking danger deck. It's going to be crazy. No, I, um, I used to play a lot in high school. Mm -hmm. And then I realized now that they put out a bajillion sets and yeah, so much stuff so that I had no idea about. Of, yeah. But um, recently, like a friend of mine got me. He was like, hey, do you want to fucking play Yu-Gi-Oh? And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. And I started doing it. And I was like, wait, this is what it's like to like something that has nothing to do with work? Oh, it's amazing. This right? is awesome. Oh, yeah. And That's I so got sick. really, really into it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I used, to, I used to play in high school, too. It was so much fun. It was just like... I think just the the repetitive nature and like the competitiveness of it. I think I think yeah. that was what I loved about it. It's so much fun. I used to fucking we, there was there was a point where like we would fuck with each other and we'd like print out cards like really oh, tough yeah, rare yeah. ass cards to find. We'd just print them out because we couldn't have like I need this one card. Oh Sam, yeah, I we can't did fucking same. find it and just literally print it out. Let's just put it in the fucking thing. And then my dad would be a dick and be like, "I'm an adult. I could buy that shit and buy and use it himself." Be like, "Yes, I'm for Dragon." Boom, yeah, and then shit. Ban pre ban. But Jesus. see, I was a Yada guy pre ban but we don't need to, I've been talking Yu-Gi-Oh too much, but I'll, I'll say it again. Like I say it every week, if you want to give me your fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you want some fucking guest list on some shit, holler at your boy, get talk to podcast at gmail.com. Um, it's for real. People, people done it. Yu-Gi-Oh's lit. That shit's fun. Yeah. Um, it's very kind. People are nice as shit. Um, yeah. The, when it comes to what you've been able to accomplish as being a producer now, like, seeing your new spot and, and studio and everything, it's pretty fucking incredible. Like so many people, like I noted before, hold themselves back from being able to do a little bit more where you now have gone from building up your guitar to building up the drums, having both while also simultaneously learning mm -hmm. how to record. And now that's been built into a business yeah. and that's a business strong enough. For instance, you have an assistant now and stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty fucking awesome. I know, Thanks, um, Al Alex is his name, I believe, from uh, Konashi. August, August, yeah. August from Konashi. His his uh, fucking Instagram handle always throws me off, but <laughs> I know wasn't he interning here for a while? Yeah, so, so basically, I I've had people working under me for pretty much every incarnation of of the studio. Like there was a point where um, right when I graduated college, um, I had a buddy that. Um, 
was actually going to the same college as me and then he needed, he needed like an internship, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm starting to make records full time now. Like, absolutely. I would love to take you on. He was a buddy of mine from, from Bloomfield college. Um, had him come through, just like help me with just, you know, set up breakdown stuff, help me send gatherers, merch orders, like shit like that. Cool. And I, I just, I, I liked, you know, I, I've always been a pretty giving person with information and stuff. So like, I always want to help. I always want to teach people, you know, I, I, I always wish that I was in an opportunity. I had the opportunity when I was younger to, you know, save myself the time of digging through all these recording books and making all the mistakes that I've made yeah. and shit like that. Like I always wish that I had that opportunity. So I try to give back as much as I can in that regard. So I had someone, yeah, back in like 2013, I had a, I had a homie there. Uh, then I had my buddy Augusto. Actually, it was just funny because yeah. August is now with me, but I had my buddy Augusto with me for a couple of years. He's an awesome dude. He, uh, he was with me from 2015 to like about 2017, 2018 or so. Uh, cool. He started doing a bunch of live sound and stuff, so he kind of pivoted there, which was Very totally sick. cool. Um, and then, yeah, my buddy Pat, who's here now um, helping – actually set up because i have a band coming in tonight um Ooh, yeah can you tell me who uh this band dive from ohio uh oh, there's okay. a different dive so there's the dive that's like um they played with deaf heaven recently um uh, it's not that band it's this other band dive from, yeah. from pittsburgh they're sick I, I love them they're awesome it's like uh it's like i guess you can say it's kind of like armor for sleepy shoegazy Ooh. stuff it's cool they're awesome they're really i want to hear yeah i'll send you some stuff I'll, yeah I'll, I'll sneak it to you it's not as cool as swan dive out now on tooth and no records by <laughs> offered minivan but it's fine they're it's half of that cool. word so it's half of it so maybe it's half as good it might be half as rock what is he there's setting a, up there's a sax solo to what? There's a sex wall on it. Well, they like the 1975 or something? Beast mode? Yeah, they're on some beast That's mode. That's pretty cool. Sax uh, is stupid. Sax, you know? if, if it's dope, it's dope. If it's too much, it's like, uh. It, like, the sax can't be like in your face, like, yo, peep this. You know yeah. what I mean? It has to be like, oh, is that sax? Nah, any, Subtle. any brass instruments, you know, no, a bunch fuck. of fucking nerds, <laughs> man. Fuck I ain't brass. even play with that, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck what, brass and what no. are you going to play a trombone, bitch? <laughs> too bass looking ass too bitch? Too bass <laughs> Oh Bitch, I ain't God. no nerd. I ain't playing no tuba. Um, <laughs> I ain't playing no tuba, man. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> we should have a sax. Jared would love. He loves the saxophone, the drummer, and fit for a king because he loves all those bands yeah. like 1975 and Midnight and all that stuff that That's does that. Shit. Um, because it's cool, man. Solo. Like, yeah, I like hi hats and and sax solos too. Yeah, it's a good. Oh shit. no, no, uh, yeah, I fucking British vibes without being British, dude. I don't know what are they French or British? <laughs> what is it, French? <laughs> French? Are they French? <laughs> That's why every time my wife is saying something that I'm, I just don't want to answer. I'm just like, wait, speaking French? <laughs> French? Like, She's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good way to avoid something and make it be like, Are yeah, you speaking French? Why didn't you do that thing that I asked you to do? It like I don't speaking. understand anything you're saying. It sounds like you're speaking French. <laughs> French. Oh, my God. Yeah, but she's okay. I do. I do what she says most of the time. I'm pretty good at it, I think. Just like your dog does, because it's just sat here being sleepy this entire time. Cause it's because we're sitting on his bed, dude. He sleeps on these. Oh. Those are his bean bags. He's like waiting. He's like, yo, when is this guy going to leave? I'm trying to lay on this That's fucking bean That's pretty cool, bag, though. Bro. I like it, He honestly. just hangs. But yeah, so, so... So you have a band coming in. Dive. So I have a band coming in. So, so basically, my assistant, Pat, uh, who's, who's uh, here today, he's been here for, I guess, like... Almost two years now, actually, since since I've had the space, basically, um, and yeah, you know, like they they spend time here. I, I teach them everything I fucking humanly can. 
Um, you know, they have projects here. They, you know, watch me mix all day. They help me set up for tracking sessions. I walk them through tons of stuff. You know, I, I, I want to be in a position where I'm giving people the information that I wish I had when I was younger. So, um, then, uh, I actually did a, a record for August, um, cause he has a side project that he's working on called InSun <clears throat> and he hit me up, I guess yeah, it was about a year ago now. Does he do all of it? Uh, okay. so he plays, uh, well, he played guitar some bass sang and then Mike Elliott played drums and Randy played bass. Uh, this dude, Randy. And, uh, I think he's playing guitar and singing like in the live incarnation of the band, but, um, yeah, he played, he played a cool. good chunk of the stuff on record. It's awesome stuff. It's, it's like on some like PM today. He's shit. Very like, talented very, yeah. Fellow. August is incredible. So, um, yeah. So I did a record for August and he, you know, he came here, we did a record for four or five days. And then a couple of weeks later he messaged me. He's like, yo dude, I had such a good time. Like you inspired me to want to get into this stuff. Like I would love to come and, and intern. And yeah, basically he started here. Yeah. About a year ago now or so. Cool. Um, and so he's, found his footing he's working on a ton of cool records now he's keeping busy you know he started as as just you know helping me out and learning stuff here and there and then eventually started taking on projects in his own space and started to migrate start having some stuff here so um yeah and i've got another buddy eric uh who's uh, i think he lives up in like clifton or something um he's worked on like a ton of heavier bands and stuff and i have another buddy brian who's down in asbury who's worked on a ton of indie bands and stuff so we basically got four dudes on staff here um, between assistants and, uh, and engineers and me. So yeah, if I'm not using the space, those guys are probably using the space. I actually set up a second studio in the back. My, my wife has an office in Bayonne now, um, which is where I live, which is where we are. Um, and, uh, so she had like an office in the back of the crib back there. And she's like, I'm not really using this anymore. I'm like, yo, I'm about to set up a second studio. So I basically, Ooh. I basically duplicated my entire rig that I have here. I decked out a computer, put it back there. I had a second interface. I bought more or less the same speakers that I have here, so that I can have a second rig back there. Nice. So that on days where homies are using this space, I'm still able to go and mix in the back, and you know, I don't lose any time at all, which is sick. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's it's tough if you know someone locks out the studio for two three days, and I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna play fucking Gears of War and just hang out. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been good to be able to jump back there and, and, and work and keep up with stuff. So that's been awesome. Did you mix the Konashi record? I did. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, fucking good. They did the record. It was completely finished. Um, and uh, they were kind of, they, they were just second guessing some stuff. They, they weren't 100% on the record. Um, and then I did a test mix for it. Um, Dan at the label loved it. And basically they had me do the whole record. So I mixed and mastered. The new LP that came out, Dear Lemon House, um, I think probably like three or four months ago. Yeah. Now, maybe a yeah. little longer. Um, yeah. Ended up remixing, remastering the whole record. Uh, came out awesome. I, I love that band. The fucking record is awesome. Super uh, talented Seems like band. people are really excited about it. So yeah, it's it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. They're, yeah, I feel like, like a lot of people music. like it. It's definitely created a buzz, but yeah. um, it's nice, the mix that you have on that, especially this record having so much more clean vocal mm -hmm. than in the past yeah it just shines between august and, and alex and those guys it's like it's fucking there's a lot of yeah i don't really know who's doing what but mm -hmm. i like it regardless Hell so yeah. it's fucking sick it fits right in with um like that kind of swan core stuff mm -hmm. but then also being able to like they could do more screamo like yeah and like the dillingery chaotic stuff too yeah. it's, it's awesome i think like that band is the epitome of like what i've always 
understood as what equal vision was you know what i mean yeah like i think of like fear before or like chiotos or like any any bands in that whole realm that like you know equal vision has put out like when i think of that stuff like that ko is i think is like a, a culmination of like all those influences oh, which i think it's really cool it's you nice ever to listen to them. the callous dow boys yeah they're awesome yeah they just um their vocalist sent me their new record the other fire. day and leak it's fucking <laughs> fire yeah, yeah i should fucking leak it um I think that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> Anything I can do to hinder that band's process would be helpful. Yeah, I think they um, played a. I think they did the Mathcore Index Fest that just happened recently. Oh, okay. I think uh, I did um, this band Thin from New York. They're super cool, like grindy, like chaotic, screamy band. Um, they came through and did a live session for that. That was I think about a week and a half ago or so. They're actually I think putting that out on a on vinyl too with as a split so that should be really cool but yeah i think i think callous dad boys might have either played that same day or played like the day after or whatever the fest is really cool yeah i i uh yeah i like that band i think they're real good band is beast they could suck more than they do (laughs) that's pretty cool you know some bands just don't understand that like you know they suck right but like then there's (laughs) ones that are good like the callous dad boys but then there will be people that ask, like, hey, you know, wh- what's wrong with my band? Why didn't we get signed to Rise Records yet? And I'm like, well, because you're bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is not good. Because it's, it's this not good. Well, if this you guys could go to the store and buy some talent, that would oh help God. you slabs. <laughs> Imagine responding to somebody yeah, like, yeah. Imagine hey, a band Adam. like sends me demos, but like, yeah, like these songs are like good, but they would be better if they were not as bad. Yeah, if you guys could not write music now, that would be more better for the planet. Please than delete if you these did. from the drop. Yeah, you guys should, whoever plays anything in this, you should give up now because it's bad. Sell your bass strings. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I. I won't. I won't do it, guys. I'm nice. I give constructive I'm nice. criticism. Guys, I'm nice, right? I'm a nice guy. Guys, I'm cool, Dude, right? I've been watching this show. It's, it just came, it started, it came out on HBO. If you got HBO, and it's hosted by Nikki Glazer, who's a real funny comedian. Oh, my God. Um, but it's called F-Boy Island. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. And it's it, if you're a fuck boy or if you're a nice guy. And uh-huh. these three girls, like, they have to weed out through, like... Dude, I've been dudes. watching Too Hot to Handle. Have you watched Too Hot yeah, to Handle? Yeah, that's Dude. a good one, too, man. I, yeah, the minute I heard about Fuckboy Island, I was like, Dude, I need to see this. You gotta watch it. Because Nikki Glazer, she makes great jokes too. And she's a real fuckboy herself. And like, because, yeah, (laughs) I'm a real fan. So it takes one to know one, right? But these girls, it's so funny because then when they eliminate like a nice guy, they're like, feel bad. Because half the dudes are nice guys and half the dudes are (laughs) fuckboys. You can't tell because sometimes like the nice guys got muscles and shit. But then sometimes the fuckboys look more normal. Mm. And, you know, then they never really know. And then it's what's in their hearts. What's in their hearts. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it's pretty cool. I'm a big fan. We mm. watched like six episodes yesterday, oh binge God. watching it. I recommend. Did you see for Sexy everyone. Beast? Uh, no, I haven't. It's seen it's Sexy it's, Beast. it's like a similar it's a similar thing, but basically, I think it's like three contestants, and then one person has to pick between them, and they go on like dates and stuff. But they all have insane makeup uh. to look like like they'll like literally make it do look like a rooster, like a straight up like a literal rooster. That's like they'll sick. put like appendages added to their their nose, and they'll put like dude, it's it's insane. And like you have like it, they literally look like completely like fake fantasized characters. So like you have no idea what this person looks like. You have no information of what 
you know, they could have the biggest round head in the world or the most narrow face and you yeah. have no idea. So, it's, I mean, it. I guess it's, you know, it's going off of like, you know, what's on the inside? Rather yeah, than see, nothing. Because, you know, here's the thing. You could be the nicest person on the inside, but if you ugly as fuck, I ain't with you, bitch. <laughs> Dude, don't say that about Bowser, bro. Bowser's yeah, I was fire. talking about the dog, man. You know, it's like... God. No, I was just about to, <laughs> Don't go off on my face. No, I was going to make some like dog adoption joke, but oh, then man. I was like, that's sad. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just say dog, animals, they deserve love. But, you know, man, I'm a member of PETA. I don't fucking have pets, right? Isn't that their thing? I don't remember. They just used to show scary shit at Warped Tour. It made me was scared. Yeah. I can't. I'm like one of those sad. guys I watch some fucking fake. Like I'll be watching anime and somebody breaks our leg, I get freaked out. <laughs> when we watch things get grinded up at the PETA tent at fucking no, warp tour. Um, no, PETA. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah, I think that you know, Family Guy is really. It's a good show. Family. Family Guy. Oh, I don't know. I haven't the, watched Family Guy in years. I mean, I, you know, my my television is very limited now to specific things like reality Dude, dating literally shows. Literally, like once like, I hit Jersey Shore, it was just you know. Oh, well, that's the best show of all time. Uh, but my biggest problem is like I was trying to watch Dave yesterday. I did watch Dave with mm. with Danielle, and it's that um, Will Dicky show. Yeah, yeah, he no. makes he his show is dark as fuck, mm-hmm. and he does shit that I think about and he makes mm. skits about it and oh it's always God. fucking sad and shit yeah, yeah. and fuck that show I don't want <laughs> to watch it anymore I get done with it every time I'm heart. just like you're such a fucking dickhead like I thought why about that yesterday this? like why are you doing that like oh you know cause he would make an episode about like animal you know sad shit yeah. I don't even want to say any yeah. of it fuck you little dicky um yeah hashtag fuck little dicky dude. fuck little dicky no he's good at stuff but and I want to have my own TV show someday. I will. I got good. I well. I got good ideas. I got good. A good. I got a good. No, nah, I got good idea for a TV show. Oh, I'm telling you, it'll be Spoiler. fire. It'll be real fire. No, nah, I can't. Nah, I've talked nah. about. It. I've talked about that. I have an idea on the show, mm-hmm. but I can't like do Disclose. that yet. But mm-hmm. it's gonna be good. You know. <sighs> yeah, I just want to. You know, you hear it's always sunny. Film their first episode for a hundred dollars, and I'm like, I got. I got a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all starts, right? Um, so with uh, with the studio, you said you have dive in here. Do you have any other plans that you can tell us about that stuff that's coming up? Um, yeah, uh, I'm currently actually mixing. Uh, so Jesse from Counterparts has been writing with um, Wes, uh, who played in Climates and Napoleon and stuff. Um, so I'm actually mixing, uh, mixing some songs for them. Uh, Jesse's just writing. He's not actually in the band, but um, it's Wes's new project, and it's really sick. It's on some like crazy Deftones vibes, which is okay. awesome. Some of my favorite shit. So I'm mixing that. Um, finished up that KO record recently. The Gathers record was finished. Um, bunch of really cool stuff. I think uh, hopefully my band Funeral Fires will start writing again soon, which is just like chaos. You ever heard of that band? No. It's uh, it's me, uh, my buddy Kyle that played in this band Lakota Dakai, Brandon from oh. uh, Brandon from Course, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mountain stuff. Brandon plays bass. I play drums. Kyle from Lakota Dakai sings, and then my cousin Matt that played in Gatherers plays guitar. It's Sick. like, uh, I guess it's like Blood Brothers Daughters type of shit. It's Ooh. just like chaotic shit. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we, we put out a record, uh, I guess it was about a year ago now. So we did that. Um, 
which yeah, it came out came out sick. It, it was it was kind of a weird thing because we had it done for a couple of years and like went through member changes, just like every fucking band. Yeah. Uh, but it, it actually came out about a year ago now, so that that came out really cool. I'm stoked on that. Daughters uh, is one of those bands that died, and upon their return, everyone was like, just, "I fucking love Daughters." And we're like, "Did you?" Because I remember <laughs> when they Daughters just played like a hundred crazy grindcore band, and now they're like the most odd dark fucking math band or not math but like yeah. just art band like they're just so like dark and dreary and fucking it's crazy that band rules yeah I like it, it's always funny people ask me like, what projects I'm working on like I, I've always got like seven or eight records just queued up that I'm mixing or mastering or working on so it's like off the dome just like trying to siphon through everything but yeah I'm actually yeah so I'm mixing I'm actually mixing August side project now too um, that's up and then I gotta see like let me check out my fucking my mix queue. Cool What's he got in the queue? Oh I've got uh, this band Sauce, who's insanely good. They're like a mathier, like a mathier kind of band, like in the realm of like Chan and Polyphia and stuff like cool. that. Uh, Adam actually, this the guitar player from that band. It was funny uh, because he was like, "Oh, dude, like you know, I've been talking to Anthony Green about like working on music together." I'm like. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, he like he sends me a photo of them together. I'm like, what the fuck? This is so random. Like, what, what are you doing? I got beef with Anthony Green. Yeah. Yeah, man. I've tweeted at him multiple times, <laughs> and I know he doesn't want to work with my company, FeatureDex.com. But <laughs> I'm verified. You know what I'm saying? You, you so like, I, I got that check mark. And he responds to people all the time. Mm-hmm. He seems like a really nice guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on. But he's he got, don't respond he's to me. His thing. He don't respond to me. Mr. Anthony Green, why don't you be my best friend? If you put uh, that out, I think he'll probably respond to you. I'm trying all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Him, Jeff Rickley. I just want them to sing out some off-road songs for me, man. You don't even... I'll give you my own money. You sing on my song. I'll just pretend like you worked through my website. That's the only way. That would be tight. Yeah, but that, that, that band sauce is cool. So Adam, Adam is actually he started a new project actually with Anthony. They've been writing, and so Anthony played uh, a set in Asbury Park in Jersey, and Adam came up and played seven years with him, which was fucking awesome. And then I was like, okay, wow. so this is an actual thing now. This is wild. So then he uh, he ended up um, he they ended up playing a couple songs like Sauce as the as the band for their project. Um, I don't know what they're calling it exactly, but they've got a couple of new songs together. It's it's awesome. It's just so cool to see like like that band because he's got fucking whatever whatever. That's the actual name that new he's band with Adam Lazara and I'm not sure. Um, yeah. John Nolan. Oh King shit, that's Max awesome! Sunday. I gotta check that out. Yeah, yeah it's another new project so of his. Sick. He's got a billion bands. He's, he's going ham. It's awesome. I mean, he's, yeah. he's I'm sure he's got so much creative energy and so much creative output that he's just you know he's trying to get involved in as much stuff as he can. But um, yeah, so that that project is coming up, which is really cool. Um, there is what the fuck else are there? There are a bunch of stuff. Uh, this band Dancer from Maine are really cool. They're kind of all yeah, like oh, I've heard that band. Band. yeah, Dancer's awesome. They uh, we did five songs together. I think like a couple months back. I'm just starting to mix that. Um, there's a really cool band called Northern Life from Connecticut, like a screamo band that's really cool that I'm working on. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a ton of really cool stuff. I'm really Sick. excited about. There's some other stuff that's on the DL, but. It's, it's dope. I'm stoked. So what is it, if I am a person that's listening, I'm in a band, mm-hmm. I know I need better recordings, and mm-hmm. I want to come work with a real producer and actually like, stay mm-hmm. somewhere and be yeah. with them for a few days and make a record. And What is it that you're looking for to be able to bring in here? Like, does it matter 
what kind of style it is, or is mm-hmm. it just based off of like I think these demos are cool. I know I can improve this band. Um, what uh, you know, because people often are looking for that. I feel like yeah. and and ask me about that um, in DMs or whatever. And I would love uh, to just kind of like put it out there, maybe a way that you could give some advice to a young yeah, band. Yeah, that's, for sure. You know, how they can approach someone like you and be like, hey, yeah, I, I want to work with you. I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's <coughs> I, I don't want it to feel like a business transaction. And I think a lot of times there's been, you know, there, there's, there's ways of handling yourself that come off that way. And that's just never how I ever intend or want it to be. You know, like I want to have people approach me as just like a colleague, as a creative person and just say like, Hey, like, you know, let's say you have an EP that you're working on. Like, Hey, like I'm, uh, I'm working on this EP with my band. You know, I've got a couple songs that I'm really happy with. I've got some demos. Would you like to check them out? Like that, that's always kind of an initial, like kind of starting convo because I think a lot of times people, you know, don't lead with, with what they are working on or show what they're working on. So it's tough to kind of gauge anything based on like, Hey, I'm in a band. I want to work with you. It's like, okay, can yeah. I hear what you, what you're working on? Like, what do you've got going on? Uh, but typically the process starts with, you know, sending demos and stuff and just kind of discussing, you know, what the vision for the band is, you know, like how I always think like, you know, what can I do for this band? How can I make this the best version of itself? How can I, how can I use this to push whatever the genre is that they're working on forward? I think that that's, that's always, the way that I look at it. And I always want to have a fresh perspective on stuff because I think like being someone that listens to such a huge variety of stuff and just loves a really eclectic music, like nothing bugs me more than something being derivative and not having any personal take or any personal spin on it. So like for me, like I'm always thinking, cool, this is what the band exists as now. Now, how can we either elevate that? How can we pivot that in a way that's more unique or how can we, you know, make this dangerous or how can we make this, you know, feel the way that it's supposed to feel. So, you know, I'm always looking for that when people approach me and and seeing what I can do for the band to make them the best version of themselves. So typically it would start with that conversation of like, you know, what's your budget? So then I can figure out, you know, how much time can I spend in the studio with this band? You know, if if the band's budget is big enough for them to come and crash here for two weeks to work on, you know, four or five songs, that means that we can really dive into everything dissect everything till it's absolutely perfect you know yeah. an ideal situation like you know the way that my studio's set up i've got everything routed so that you know my drum kit's mic'd up and wired at all times so like i can literally have someone be like hey man uh and you just session drum on something cool i can literally go on my kit right now and go and record a song like yeah i want to be able to you know make this process as invisible as i humanly can so that bands can just come in and feel creative and feel like we're just digging into what's important and not the technical aspect of shit, you know? And that's the important part of working with a producer who has a catalog and has done things that have, you know, helped other artists to advance and make their stuff sound better. Because that's the thing that I constantly preach on the show is, Mm -hmm. well, if you like a band and you like their sound, or like, for instance, you are a fan of Gathers, come fucking work with the guy. Like, it's that easy. And a lot of people, they think it's harder than that. And... The only thing that you have to do is have a proper approach, which is generally kindness. And, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily the best demo, but a demo that gives an idea of what you're trying to do. So that way you can create a more thorough conversation. For sure. And, For sure. and most young bands, the intimidation factor is there, you know, and I definitely mm-hmm. remember that myself where, you know, I think about even just regional touring mm. bands. And I was like, they were the biggest. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turns yeah. out, it was like, no, no, yeah, no, I mean, man. Like, you know, yeah, they could draw sure. a person in Utah. Yeah. yeah you yeah, know, sure. like that's yeah. it. So. I mean, I, I think, I think at the end of the day, like I, 
I love such a huge variety of music. Like I've been on like a hyper pop kick lately. Like I've been oh, listening cool. to like, you know, I listen to a bunch of R&B, I listen to a bunch of hyper pop, I listen to a bunch of like weird indie shit. And I listen to some fucking grindcore. Like I, my music taste has always been super eclectic, which I think is part of the reason why I'm able to, you know, work on so many different types of records. And, and I am able to work constantly is just cause I don't really judge something that isn't out that's outside of what I'm familiar with because I, I want to discover new stuff. I want to, you know, have a hand in creating something that pushes the boundaries of different things. I want to be someone that, you know, people could be like, Oh, this project's kind of weird. Like I feel like Adam would probably fucking have some cool perspective on this. You know, like I think for me, you know, I'll, I'll be working on like, you know, like I did that, that, that thin live session, which is just like chaos. And then I was working on my buddies, you know, like John Mayer esque project the day after that. And it's like, that's kind of what keeps me going with doing this stuff because it's, you know, it's always something new. It's always something fresh. It's always something different. You know, I'm not just doing the same exact type of thing every single day. I feel like I'd get burnt out, you know, because I don't listen to the same type of music every day and constantly. So why would I want to work on and put my creative effort into the same type of music constantly, you know? Absolutely. That's kind of where my head's at with it, but I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. I think, you know, that's, it's just nice to hear it from the horse's mouth. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I want, people to feel encouraged to reach out to um, people that make a higher quality art that mm-hmm. allows them to advance themselves more quickly where you don't necessarily have to just make records with Joe Schmo because yeah. he's, you know, very inexpensive For and sure. down the street. Yeah. Like if you're trying to take this seriously and it's better to work with someone that's going to care. And you're one of those guys that, like, if you actually take a project in here, you're going to, you know, oh, 100%. give it your whole yeah, ass. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, like, there's there's situations where doing something more budget-friendly makes sense. You know, I, I think, like, if you've never recorded music before in your life and you don't feel confident in what you're working on, like, you know, recording some stuff in your bedroom and working on it and getting it into a place where you're happy with it before you go outside of yourself, I think it's totally healthy. You know, I I think that that also puts people like me in a position where, you know, we're working with something that's already developed to a place where we can then take that and, 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 you know, build off of that. You know, if, if someone comes in and, you know, you're having trouble with, you know, playing in time, you're having trouble with, you know, sorting out, you know, how you want to do different things. I think like that's something that if you figure out on your own time and put yourself in a position where you can confidently go into a studio and say like, this is my song, help me make this the best version of itself. I think that that's powerful, you know? And and I I think partially the reason why I have a lot of guys on at the studio as engineers and as assistants and stuff is, is to cater to some of those situations where, you know, I might be out of budget for someone or I just might not necessarily have the time to develop something the way that I want to because of the amount of stuff that I've got going on. And that allows for, you know, my guys to have other stuff to work on. And that allows projects to still funnel through in the people that absolutely love creating and, and love doing stuff at the studio. Um, you know, but not necessarily with me, with, with, with someone else, you know, it might be a thing where if the budget's a little bit tight, I'll figure out a way to have one of my guys engineer the project. I'll kind of oversee it. Um, and, you know, make sure, you know, I can give my two cents and help push the creative side of things. Um, and then have my guys kind of do the engineering, the more manual side of things. Uh, and then I mix and master. So it, 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 there's, there's tons of options and ways to get a project done at the studio. Um, that aren't just necessarily, you know, everyone comes in, work with me and leave, you know, with yeah. a finished product. So, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's, there's different situations and there's different ways to cater to those situations. So I try to make myself Excellent. available to, you know, if, if you've got something great, like we could figure out a way to do it, you know? 
Yeah, man, I love that you've built it out that way. It seems like it's just such uh, an accommodating place and such a, you know, out of hearing the things that I have um, come out of your studio, it's Mm -hmm. definitely one of those ones where I'm just like, guys, drink the water, come (laughs) hang out, do it, you know, because also I'm 30 minutes away. If you, like, don't suck that much and you're like, hey, you know, we're trying to do some metal course, I'll come hang out, too. It'll be fun. Um, Dude, what's the best way for bands to contact you? Any way you want. Typically, I mean, uh, for more organized uh, conversations, we can do um, timberstudiosnj.com slash booking is my go. is my booking submission form. Uh, I have for mastering stuff specifically, it's timberstudiosnj.com slash mastering. Um, and uh, both of those are set up to just, you know, give me all the information and everything that I need to be able to get back to you and um, sort out what you're trying to do and how we can best do it. Uh, and then you can also fucking text me or fucking DM me. Like I'm always available to talk and always willing to meet new peeps and fucking chat. Cool. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's a beautiful oh, yeah. space. And let's Thanks, you know, man. I hope that any of those screamos that listen to the, the show screamos will come do it. Yeah, dude. White belt necessary. Studded white belt. Honestly, required yeah. Like upon if your entry. shirt doesn't like, if it goes, if you don't below, got the belt buckle. The yeah, belt buckle. You got to have everything exposed. You know, Need it, it. it looks. Real nice. I wish I could pull that off some bell bottoms again. You know, Aero-po- I got too much ass for that jeans. these days. You know, honestly. But Adam, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. I hope you my had dog. a good time getting tucked, my friend. I, I, I got it. Oh I definitely yeah. Got it. <laughs> Thank you, my bro. Of course. All right, that was the show. Mother Tuckers, thank you so much for joining me again this week. Bear with me uh, over the next couple weeks as I get back into the touring schedule, but I'm very excited to bring this show on the road and um, bring some new episodes from people from August Burns Red era, like Monsters of Flames, and maybe some extra episodes from the Fit Guys. So I'm very excited for that. Massive shout out to Soulblind for letting me play Third Chain. Congratulations on your signing to other people records. Um, I think it's going to be huge for you guys, and I just can't wait to see what happens. So, Adam, you're an angel. I appreciate you being on the show. I am leaving in two days. What the fuck? I'm so excited. I'll see you guys on the road. Don't be a stupid bitch. And as always, get No
Camilla Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> 